0: Guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate all of the support and staying alongside the audio to now visual component of Beans Without Boundaries Uh, going forward with the second season. We do have like a little bit of increase of cost, so we set up a little donation thing through Buy Me a Coffee. It's a little website that if you're willing to just splurge, there's an option for being able to just buy me a coffee. It also gives me a good idea if you really are enjoying our content and would like to help support and continue it. The link will be in the description underneath the YouTube video. It's also gonna be in the description for Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify Podcasts as well. Uh, Whichever platform uh, would be greatly appreciated to just continue following along the journey and whatever you're willing to just kind of help with feedback, whether it's comments on the videos or just going on social media. Um, And if you're feeling typically generous, it'd be great to just throw a coffee my way. Thanks for listening in and uh, until next time.
1: I started looking more into your coffee shop and I thought the the concept was so like your coffee shop in general is beautiful. Thank but I was also curious about like how you really started in the coffee world. And um, I guess like what it's been like for you. So I wanted to reach out and like kind of hear your story and um, yeah, that's why I kind of reached out. I was really curious to hear more about like what made you want to open a coffee shop and like what kind of got you. How to did the... you
2: find out about
3: me, though?
1: Um, so I follow uh, Muhtar on Instagram. I start, yeah. <laughs> he's like a big inspiration for me with my coffee journey and then I saw him post about you um a few times and I just kind of like obviously went to your profile through that and was curious
4: yeah he's a nice guy yeah that's such an interesting story as well from his side <clears throat>
1: Yeah, reading his book, I've read his book and I was very much like, wow, that's a wild story. And it kind of that's what helped me with wanting to hear other people's stories it's obviously like you look at other people face value and you don't really know what they've been through and what they've experienced and how they got to the point that where they're at. You can only see the end result. So I was like, Well, True. this is interesting. I wonder who else also either had a rough time coming into where they're at or had a lot of um different pathways to get to the point where they're at so i know a lot of people when they're in the coffee world they don't really start that way
3: while you're talking i remembered um another woman that i met recently in the um, world of coffee that happened uh, in dubai recently Mm -hmm. and uh, she also like she's into roasting and she lives in the u.s but um she came uh, she has a background in i think genetics like oh. genetics engineering or something. I was like, "Wow, that's that's amazing!" And she's mm-hmm. now hosting a a podcast as well. So she also <laughs> like goes through yeah stories of people. Um, yeah, her podcast is called Map It Forward, and uh, such an interesting uh, person as well. Like, if you're gonna talk to her, if you're interested as well, she's uh, she's cool. Yeah, interesting story. But well, yeah, about me. Um, Before getting into coffee uh i never drank coffee in my life um as a kid you know in here in the uae i'm from abu dhabi mm-hmm. uh, the capital of uh, of the uae and born and raised there so we have a culture like we're very much inspired by the iranian and indian culture mostly Uh, because of the trade line and the past and all of that um so we get a lot of spices so we grew up with the chai you know it's like the ch- chai with milk so the spiced mm-hmm. tea and milk and that was what I grew up with so and then coffee was not a big thing I mean it was in my view it was the adult drink you know it's like every house needs to have coffee um, a pot of coffee and a pot of tea and that's like an Arab thing whenever guests come over then you have to give them coffee and that's like part of right. the tradition and for me growing up that was always the adult drink that kids are not supposed to come close to or not I wasn't even curious to you know to explore it and then as I became a teenager then this cafe came to be you know the cool drink that everybody drinks you know to to keep you awake while you're studying mm-hmm. and I tried it but I was still not interested like I didn't like the flavor it was it was too bitter for me and then a friend of mine, um, one day when I was uh, in college, she made Arabic coffee and uh, because I was living at the dorms with the other girls. And uh, she made Arabic coffee and she was like, why don't you try it? Because I told her like, oh, I've never tried it before. And she was like, it's okay, you can try it. So when I tried it and I remember, and it was, it was an embarrassing story. And still until t- this day, I'm friends with her and it's still embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, I told her that it lacks sugar. There's no sugar in there. And she was like, "You're not supposed to add sugar to coffee. This is why traditionally the Arabs have it with dates, because you get yeah. the sugar from the dates, and then that's why you drink the coffee with the spices." So <clears throat> I didn't like it. And then in 2008, I moved to Melbourne, Australia, for uh, my bachelor's. And um, so uh, a lot of the uh, kids here in the UAE, like they get scholarships to study overseas and i didn't get the scholarship at the time uh but i really wanted to study overseas like my dream uh, since i was in high school it was to go and uh uh, to to a college in the us but at the time when i graduated it was frowned upon you know it's like for me as a girl like to go alone as an arab girl and no family over there so it was like it was it was not a common thing right so they were like no you have to study in the UAE. so i was like okay then I studied in Dubai, but then I got an opportunity where uh, my brother was going, like he got a scholarship and I was like, it's never too late, you know, I'm still wanting to do it. So I would transfer and get credits there and I would get an offer. But this time it was in Australia, I was in the US. So I was like, it's mm-hmm. fine by me because I went to Australia with my family a few times and I was like, that's such a nice place. I would like to go. Um, so I applied my paperwork and everything, but I didn't get the scholarship. Uh, But I got an offer to study in the university over there. So then I was like, I can't give up on this dream. And then I spoke to my family and all of that. And then um, my uncle uh, was kind enough and he was like, I will support your studies by paying for your fees, university fees. uh, But you have to sort yourself out in terms of like your pocket money because he wanted me to depend on myself. Right. And yeah, because they want my family wanted me to know that it's not as easy to live overseas. So, so they wanted me to see the reality of it, like how mm-hmm. hard it is to to just like go independent. Because I was so persistent since I was a kid to be independent, and yeah, um, yeah. So I agreed straight away. I was like, sure, I would go and I would find you know a source of income. And uh, uh, because they refused to give me a scholarship since I wasn't a fresh graduate, and the priority was for fresh graduates, and I have I have been already uh, already graduated like four years ago since then. By the time, anyways, so uh, long story short, I went to Melbourne, and then um, uh, as I get to know the like start making friends over there, they told me, "Why don't you go and work in a in a cafe? You know, that's the best way to." to get cash in hand and you don't have to go through like taxations and all of that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started applying uh, to the cafe in the university and I got the job. So part-time, but in waitressing. And then, so every day I would go and waiter and then I would notice a huge line, especially in the morning. So I would start at 5.00 AM. And then since like 6.00 AM, because later on I have classes, so I have to go to my classes. Since 6.00 AM, the students like line up. All for coffee, and I was like, "That is insane! Like, why can't you just like get enough sleep? And like, why would they line up for this drink? What's so special about it?" I tried mm-hmm. it, and I didn't like it. And then I asked the barista, "I was like, can I please try a coffee, the most common coffee that everybody you know drinks?" And at the time, flat white was a thing in, in Melbourne. <clears throat> and then he was like, "There you go. This is called a flat white. It's espresso with milk." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try." So I tried it first time in 2008. And that was it for me. It was like, oh, you know, that moment <laughs> that this is such a, it's so nice. And I, it, it was not bitter. It had like some nice notes and it was like chocolatey with milk. Mm-hmm. It didn't taste like the coffee that I had in mind. Um, so <laughs> since then I fell in love with it and I told, uh, I asked the barista to teach me everything about it. And then I went and I found like a Coffee Academy. And I enrolled in a a hospitality course, including like barista basics, uh, steaming milk and all of that. And then just my passion kept on growing bigger and bigger. And then I was promoted from a waitress to a barista. And uh, since then, I've been working as a barista in multiple coffee shops around Melbourne. And uh, yeah, so I kept on doing that uh, for 10 years (laughs) because... I decided that I wanted to stay in Melbourne. So I did my bachelor's and then I I worked for a bit and I did my master's. And then eventually I had to come back. Um, Yeah. So when I came back after 10 years, um, I felt like an alien. Um, I spent my youth in Australia, like 10 years. All my friends are over there. My friends here, my school friends all moved on. And especially that it was, you know, um, it's like a segregated society. So I went to an all school, all girls school. So, girls usually like, by the time when I came back, I think I was 27. Uh, so, they wouldn't My be married now. by then. Yeah. yeah. So, everybody like <laughs> got married, you know, moved on yeah. with their lives and started like mm-hmm. new families, blah, blah, and started working. And I was this fresh graduate <laughs> starting over. And I felt like an alien and i felt very very sad and disconnected um and i wanted to go back so back to melbourne and i planned to open a coffee shop in melbourne so i was like my life is there so i'm going to invest even more in there so i started looking here and there but it didn't work you know because i'm not i'm not a citizen and it's mm-hmm. just too complicated um so that was in 2018 and then I was like, why can't I just do the same thing here and start to create the space that, uh, that's got everything that, I'm, that I need or that I lack? I create the culture that I'm missing so much. Uh, because at that time, the cafe culture here was just, you know, like the majority of cafes are just a place where you go drink coffee and stay for like half an hour. And then just leave. So for me, that was boring because when I was in yeah. Australia, I would meet people. I would just like randomly chat to people, and then they would approach me. Yeah, and if you see it someone reading that a- way, exactly. So it's like a community, and I couldn't find anything similar to it here. Uh, so I was like, why don't I create that space? So then I decided to to do it, and I did it, and that's how TTMB or to the moon and back was born, basically. Where did you get the name from? Uh, It was very random. I was, (laughs) uh, I remember being on the couch and then trying to find a name that was not cliche or like I wanted nothing to do with coffee. Mm, So I wanted something that is, that would convey how much I'm passionate about coffee and how long it took me, even though like it was ironic because coffee is a huge part of the Arab culture, but it took me, to actually go to Australia, which is like far, far away from where I am, away from my culture, to fall in love with this drink or with the beans. And then just as a phrase came to my mind, There's was like, to the moon and back. I was like, oh, interesting. So to the moon and back is, can, like, it translates, in my mind it makes sense, so I will try my best to make sense and explain it when you say to the moon and back like I love you to the moon and back it conveys Mm -hmm. like how much you are passionate or like how far are you willing to go in order to prove how much you love something or someone and for me it kind of like translated that distance that I had to travel so to the moon and back is like from Dubai to Australia and then back and then I brought the coffee beans from there because I worked in the roaster some of the roasters there so then I decided to talk to my friends who are roasting coffee beans in Melbourne and ship them in 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 Dubai, and that's how I kept the connection mm-hmm. between here and there. And I thought, ah, oh, to the moon and back is uh, is perfect. So it it's about the distance. It's about how much I'm passionate about coffee, and uh, it's
2: a cool name. It's like okay, to the moon and back.
1: So since you've opened an Australian inspired coffee shop has it made you revisit Arabic coffee at all and make you enjoy it? Or do you still feel like you would prefer Australian coffee beverages versus Arabic coffee?
3: No, I love Arabic coffee. Like I drink Arabic coffee like crazy. And because the Arabic coffee is lightly roasted, especially Mm -hmm. like uh, if you would compare, for example, the Saudi one to, to the UAE one, the Saudi one is even lighter. So they call it shagrat is like the blonde roast. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very high in caffeine and that would keep me awake and I really <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> and it's just got different flavor. And they add spices to it. So that's I find that now as an adult is an exciting beverage.
1: That's good. Um I guess like I'm curious to you said that your family wanted you to be able to be independent but understand the responsibilities of being an adult on your own, especially being a woman in a different country so when yeah. you told them about you wanting to open a coffee shop and you uh, UAE did they were they supportive
3: honestly I didn't tell anyone I'm a secretive person so okay. like what I did with uh applying and getting the offers so I don't talk unless like things are done already so I okay, make I a decision I think about it thoroughly from all angles and then I do the risk assessment in my head and Mm -hmm. then I approach the thing and I make it happen and I go like oh by the way I've I'm starting this process I'm 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 a lot like that too (laughs) just FYI (laughs) but uh when I told them they were very very supportive and uh they were shocked because um I'm the first businesswoman in the family basically Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a thing that runs in the family. Like the majority of like my siblings and cousins, they're all employees, and uh, I'm the only one who's decided to just like take a different path completely. Right. And it uh, it can be a scary thing yeah. for people here because they're not used to it. They're used to having you know it's like the the concept of uh, having a job, a stable income, security, and mm-hmm. that's. Good enough. So for me to take the risk and run my own business, uh that was a scary thing for them. Yeah. But they were supportive and now they the funny, like how you know it's like how embarrassing parents are. Um (laughs) so now my mom and dad are into specialty coffee.
4: Uh So
3: but they live in Abu Dhabi. So they keep on going and trying. Keep, they, they keep on, uh, they keeping up with like every new cafe that opens. And then they would just go and visit. And then they would talk to the barista as if they know me, as if like I'm this famous celebrity. And it's like, oh, you know, our daughter, she has to do it. <laughs> It's like, stop doing that. Now, yeah. I swear, when I go to Abu Dhabi, if I decide sometimes to go to a cafe randomly, just for a takeaway coffee, they would know me. Because my mom would show them a picture and then like <laughs> now they know me just because of her. That's I was cute. like, I
4: thank you for being proud, but that is so nice.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. I could see my family yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean guess supported. like did you ever suffer from I guess that's a really interesting concept, like going from O all the way to Melbourne. When you came to Melbourne, was it, I guess, like, I don't know anything about Australian culture in terms of, like, community there, but, like, did you transition from, like, the Arabic world into Australia's world, like, easily, or did you suffer from any kind of, like, imposter syndrome, or did you feel, like, alienated, or did you feel welcome?
3: Um, I felt very welcomed, but so I would say living in Melbourne, so that's Victoria. Victoria is very similar to, I would say, California, if we're going to compare it to the U.S. Okay. So the people are very outgoing. They're very welcoming. You know, it's like they're out there, easygoing and helpful and all of that friendly. So it was, for me, it was, at first it was too much because I'm not used to that you know it's like here it's more of like and and my personality is like I'm a shy person I'm an introvert I don't socialize as much not even with family um I'm always like with my books just like isolating myself with my books and my music and films I can really relate Um, to those yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so over there they're very loud and they're very social and I got social anxiety and um so it was it was too much for me at first because I didn't understand it. And, you know, the accent was very intense and strong, the Australian accent. So it mm-hmm. took me a while to even understand it. Uh, but then, yeah, completely, I I dwelled into the culture and into the, the society, the Australian society. And uh, it just grew on me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would say like a mild suffering at the beginning because it was just something very new and uh i felt like oh what if i couldn't survive because you know it's like it was my choice and uh, i had to go through a lot in order to
2: uh, achieve this dream and be independent and try this this life yeah yeah so
1: this entire podcast is really about enlightening women's pathways through the industry so, I guess when you mm-hmm. started being a barista to owning a coffee shop, and you said that it wasn't really common, especially during that time in Abu Dhabi, for that to happen. At this point mm-hmm. now, do you know many women owned coffee shops in Abu Dhabi now?
3: I do. Yeah, I do know a few. There is, uh, from the top of my head now, there is uh, Nooran. Uh, who owns a cafe called coffee architecture and i believe that uh, now they're roasting their own beans as well and uh, she's a q grader and uh, i can't remember many but yeah i know a few i can i can uh, send you their details later
1: (laughs) i was curious to see if like Had that ever been a hindrance for you trying to build yourself in the coffee world? Like, did you ever feel like whether it was a discrimination towards race or if it was a discrimination towards uh, your gender, did it ever make you rethink wanting to do coffee or had it ever caused an issue that you felt really confused by?
2: Honestly, not at all.
1: Um, That's good.
2: Yeah, not not in Australia and
3: not even like here when I came to the UAE um I had a very very exciting journey uh when it comes to coffee and it's still it's still very interesting and exciting and I keep on meeting people from both genders you know in the industry and like whatever mm-hmm. um but when I first came to the UAE I remember uh I visited in my Easter holiday And that was in 2009 or 2010. And I came to know that there is something, a place called Coffee Museum in Dubai. And I was like, oh my God, you know, that that was the period of obsession with coffee. I was like, oh my God, a coffee museum in Dubai, in my city, I have to go and visit. And then I visited. So I drove from Abu Dhabi to Dubai and uh, I made it. And it's like located in one of the most exciting areas like historical areas in dubai it's like my favorite now it's in Deira, a place called Deira. i don't know how much you know about dubai but it's by the it's by the canal and it's like old you know it's like all the uh, shops and uh, all those like uh, amazing ghetto restaurant and street food all the good things you would find them there and then there's mm-hmm. the coffee museum um so i walked in And I didn't know what I was expecting, but then they had all the, you know, the old uh, machines and then they were doing um, uh, Ethiopian coffee, you know, with the popcorn and then they were doing the Turkish coffee on the sand and they were doing all multiple types of coffee and basically like telling you a history about coffee. And at the time the owner, uh, who is now a very good friend of mine, was giving a tour. And I didn't know that he was the owner or, like, he was the you know, the manager of the place. And uh, so I was looking lost. Like, I was there just, like, looking around, touching things, you know, and I was fascinated. And then uh, he asked me, he was like, oh, can I help you? So, and he's Emirati. He's from Dubai. And I was like, yeah, I've heard about this place. And I came to visit, and I'm, I'm really excited you know that we have such a thing in Dubai and then he introduced himself and he told me that he was the, the owner of the place and he's happy to give me a tour and he gave me a tour and uh, I remember he gave me his card and uh, he told me let's catch up and then I told him that I'm traveling the next day back to Melbourne but I was going to come back and then I seriously traveled and then I came back at my next visit and I went back there and then there was a. They were holding an event. I think it was an air press event, and the place was packed with all of the, you know, people in the coffee industry from from the UAE, from uh, Saudi, from Kuwait, from all over the Gulf region, from Lebanon, from Iran. Uh, and the place was packed. And then he introduced me. He started introducing me to everybody, even though he doesn't know me was like oh this is Zainab she was studying in Australia and she's a barista over there and she's very interested blah 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 and uh, I started talking to people and meeting people and just like accumulating business cards and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, that was an introduction for me without me knowing it like a facilitation into the coffee world when I come back mm. yeah And uh, the funny thing, my partner now into the moon and back is one of those people that I was randomly introduced to in that event. (laughs) Yeah. So I found the community very supportive and uh, uh, everywhere. Like uh, personally, I did not struggle at all being a woman or like having no experience in the market here. Uh, It was such a, you know, empowering community and everybody wanted to help. So just felt all smooth, and not um, yeah, no discrimination against gender. Or like I, I didn't feel like I was all the difficulties that I faced. I know that my other male friends did face as well in the industry. Mm-hmm. So it was not nothing particular to my gender or anything else.
1: Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's that's funny how that all worked out. That it, yeah. That's a, that's a really nice story to hear, actually. Um, so I guess like I'm curious, because you didn't know me, what made you want to be, what, did you, what made you want to, like? especially since from what it sounds like, uh, you saying that you're a private and more introverted person, I'm very curious too, since you really don't know me, what made you want to like sit and talk with me?
4: Because you're,
3: you're in the coffee industry. And you're Mm -hmm. interested about about people's stories and my background yes i do coffee yes i am in the F&B business but my studies and my background is i'm a psychologist so i'm very very curious about people and about Mm -hmm. people's stories as well so i'm always interested in uh, getting to know people who are you know especially in the same industry and trying to exchange knowledge and experiences and and you know the challenges if any exist Mm. um so it's true i am an introvert but it's just easier because we are behind i'm hiding behind the screen first of all and um it's it's (laughs) interesting you know (laughs) we're talking about
4: coffee uh and
1: That's really funny. I think it's like, it's really interesting. I think, um, so something quick. I'm Iraqi, so Mm. I'm from the Gulf, but I was born right here, so I never really had a chance to visit. Um, I would love to, but my family really didn't let me, but, um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm very stereotypical for my people. I'm very loud, extroverted, and, um, which is funny because you said it's very much similar to Australian culture, which is like, wow, I probably wouldn't have a really much of a rough <laughs> transition going there either because I'm very, very boisterous and very outgoing. Um, <laughs> so it's like funny because you kind of do remind, which is funny. This is actually funny. You remind me of my cousin. Her name is Rehef, but her mother's name is Zainab. So it's like, oh. she's also, also very introverted and very private with herself too. But um. Yeah, no, I think like for me, like I, I think the biggest part that also we can both kind of agree on this is like, I just genuinely do love the coffee community, but I've always been very fascinated with the stories and wanting to know more about people's backgrounds and how they got to the point and where their connection lies within the coffee world for themselves. So Mm -hmm. you starting off not liking coffee at all and then enjoying it. Through a flat white, and then it, it kind of accumulated over time to you, finally going back home and kind of like opening. It's it's a mixture of both of yourself and what you loved and wanted to bring back home and show to people in your community too. So, yeah. it kind of like came full circle for you. So, yeah, that's yep. that's great.
3: And um, I when I think back at it, like about my childhood and all, it it kind of like all makes sense. Even Mm -hmm. though, um, it's like my family, you know, typical Arab family, they wanted me to become a doctor or an engineer. And I was like, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. And uh, that's what I started in Dubai. Um, I actually studied medicine for four years. And I was like, nope, that's not for me. I -hmm. knew that from the first year. uh, But, you know, it's like there's pressure on you. It's like you have to continue what you've
4: already started. And I
3: was like, no, it's not for me. They're like, No, 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 you have to. And then eventually I was like, nope, it's not for me. And then... Uh, I decided, you know, psychology is kind of like, is another interesting thing, Yeah. even though I wanted to become an artist. An artist? um, Wow. An artist. Yeah. So that was my thing since I was a kid. I was interested in art and food.
1: That's great, honestly. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And then, so it was like, "Mm, I'm going to study psychology and also I'm going to study digital media and film because i love films and i love art and if i combine those two then i can become a film director and i can make psychology for
1: thriller- thrilling films that'd be awesome i i love those kind of movies too
3: yeah and that was the plan uh so i did study both and then a whole new world kind of like opened up when i had that sip of coffee and i worked as a waitress and i was like oh, okay now i'm into the f and mm. but as a kid I used to always... So my mom is like a health freak, more or less. So as kids, I was not allowed to uh, have ice cream. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chocolates only like once a week and only one bar of chocolate. Um, We were not allowed to have fast food. So it was always like healthy. You're forced to kind of like eat your veggies and drink your cup of milk and, Mm -hmm. and all that. No cereal for you because it's like full of unrefined sugar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, but my dad is the, the total opposite. My dad like, <laughs> loves food. He's a chef, uh, I mean, like a home cook. And uh, he's just very passionate about it. And then I was closer to my dad as a kid. And then I would always go out with him. And we would go and explore. And he would take me every time to a restaurant, a new restaurant. And then he would tell me, don't tell your mom. And we <laughs> would just try it together. And then I forgot completely about that, that memory. And uh, I think it's like my dad has a big influence on me, like w- with, the, with the passion for food and, you know, beverage mm. and, and all of that with this uh, thing. But then I diverted away from it because of the pressure, you know, to become right. a doctor. And then going back to Melbourne and doing the things that I love, I started discovering myself again. And I was like, actually, you know what? Without without thinking about it, I think it was subconscious thing. I was like, now I'm back to what I originally you know, my authentic self, what I'm originally passionate about and interested in. Because mm. I left the industry, like I don't do psychology anymore. And I quit my job, uh, even though it was a horrible time. And I quit because when I decided to quit, COVID happened. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah,
1: that's scary.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was that was a huge challenge. Uh, it was a very, very scary time because I I quit my job in April mm-hmm. 2020. And that's when all countries decided to lock down one after the other and then shutting down airports. And I did not imagine that it would escalate to that extent. And it was just the beginning uh, for TTMB. It was the first year. And uh, I felt like everything was like, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose that place that I felt for myself. And that was a very scary idea uh, to live with. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to think that oh my god I have failed like all my dreams and everything right. like I'm just going to lose it all at once. Uh because uh, to the moon and back became like a community space like everything I wanted. Yeah. I'm so so grateful and blessed to have like all I think 98% of my friends now are all I met them at TTMB in the Aww. cafe. Yeah. And they helped me set up the the place they've uh um, if you come and visit, you would notice all the details and aesthetic, and the place are actually from the people in the community. Like uh, a person that I met, uh, she made um, the pottery stuff. You know, she made the the plant pots for me. She made mm-hmm. the uh, it's a handmade, and she was doing it from home. You know, the yeah. the 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 clay plates and and balls and all of that. That was the very beginning. And then another friend of mine, I met her also randomly uh online and she resides in Jeddah, mm. and uh, she's the one who's supporting me like doing all my illustrations and design because she's an illustrator and she's amazing uh very talented so I decided like she she's gonna you know do all the designs for me all yeah. the loyalty cards and the menu and whatnot and then like all the details like when you come into the place you wouldn't know but then if i would talk to you about it like every piece has a story and every piece is a contribution from someone so in intimate. the community yeah so this is why the place is, is very special for me it's not just a business
2: it's uh, right. basically my life yeah yeah but it made it through yeah yeah i'm i'm grateful it did make it through yeah now we're trying to rebuild ourselves from uh, again Yeah. but now i'm a full like i'm available full-time so now i'm trying to be there
3: and uh like be more involved in other things because i'm the one who curates all the recipes as well right Since i'm like passionate about food you know it's so like whatever i make at home if i like it i was like oh, that could actually go on the menu it could be a special let's see if people like it and i would just call my friends and I'd go like hey or i would put on instagram i'm doing tasting free food come over
0: Mm-hmm. and if they
3: approve it if the majority likes it and they're like, "Oh, it's going to go on the menu." And then that's how so I like I would train the staff, the kitchen staff and then i are going like, "Okay. That's that's a new dish."
1: I love that though. It seems like what you've created is something very empowering for obviously yourself, but the people surrounding you and and you've been able to meet so many different people through that experience. Which is yeah. it's, it? It's very wholesome,
2: also. Yeah, it's beautiful.
3: I'm honestly very, very grateful for everybody, like all everyone's support. We're all supporting each other because we're all startups and small businesses, mm-hmm. and uh, we've kind of like fought the odds. Um, especially the girls, you know, it's like in this, right. uh, and the Gulf, you know, fight the odds and be independent and start something that uh, not we not every family is going to encourage uh mm. especially when it comes to business and being independent because it's like it's risky and right. uh, it's it's something new but what makes me happy is like i sh- i started seeing more and more girls uh being courageous and taking those steps towards being independent and following their passion and doing what they want to do and they're honestly like they're they're doing an amazing job mm-hmm. And I have some other friends who are supporting me as well by calling me like uh, today, for example, one of my friends is getting married and uh, he decided uh, to have us as TTMB cater for the wedding. So we have like a tiny booth um, and like we're serving coffee to the guests at the reception. So
1: that was yeah. very cute. <laughs> that cute. That is cute. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that it's, it's, it's more than just a business. It's sort of like this has become a lifestyle for you. Also,
3: yeah which is pretty much
1: is there some, there's like a so much like actual gratification through this for you i feel like with the people who are involved the people you keep meeting what you keep creating for women and other people as well and where where would you like to the moon and back to go from here
3: Honestly, I have high hopes for Telemun and back. I wanted to become an international brand Mm. and I wanted to become an empowering uh, tool for everybody around the world. Like, not necessarily they need to do exactly what I did, but you know, it's like that everything is possible. Like, me as a girl who's coming you know, from a small family in Abu Dhabi and uh, being born in a time where girls were not allowed to do many things independently. And, uh, you know, it's like I fought all the odds and the circumstances. Like I still kept on holding on that dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And eventually I was able to make it happen. And honestly, like when I look back at my life and the circumstances and looking at myself and where I've reached today, I believe that a lot of people can do it and, um they can they can follow their dreams, and they can you know it's like we live only once, so mm-hmm. for me, I feel like if I spread my story and I'm pretty sure there are lots of amazing stories, and sometimes you you get stuck in a place mentally where you feel like there's no way out or like you cannot do this or like you you have to give up and you have to go by the norms and do what everybody else is doing right. just in order to survive and then. But that's not the case we live only once and you know it's like it, we need to make it a life worth worth living so if you do what you love and you keep on fighting for it um eventually you'll find a way and uh if that did not work out i'm pretty sure that other doors will open where you yeah. will discover new passions and then you know it's like it will lead you somewhere more beautiful rather than forcing yourself to be to live in a certain way or like to do a certain thing just because people think that's the right thing to do or that's that's what's available at the moment that's the easy reach
1: yeah i think it's it's really interesting hearing your story now thinking back how many how many doors you actually kind of like went in and out of um obviously like you still incorporate artistic abilities that you have still but haven't gone through the medical program for a while and then you wanted to do film and then you did psychology and then all these things so it's like i think that there's no linear way to go on a path especially since now um you found something that aligns with you and your and your spirit and what you want to accomplish out of your life and what you want to help other people find themselves because um I don't know, coffee shops also, are, they're like a safe haven, they're a safe place for people to decompress, kind of take a, a step out of their own realities in their own life to either meet new people or kind of understand and find themselves or just take a minute to kind of sit back and breathe and take a break. And just, yeah, I think based off of just what I'm listening to, it sounds like the integrity of To the Moon and Back has a lot of potential to grow into something really beautiful for not just Abu Dhabi, but hopefully for the rest of what you're trying to accomplish globally.
4: I really hope so,
3: because I dream of, you know, all the coffee people who are really passionate about what they're doing, because coffee is making a difference in people's Mm lives. And as we said, it's not just a beverage, you know, there are lots of other factors that come together. And then meeting people like you and, and, um, like the other people that I met in the industry, like whether here in in Dubai during like certain events or like just randomly in cafes when traveling the world, it's very nice like for for us all to come together, even if we are like in different locations across the globe. It's nice for us to be connected in a certain way and for our businesses to have maybe, I don't know, like collaborations um like exciting things every now and then and like share ideas and learn from each other's experiences um just to have that that sort of connection
1: i guess i'm also um, curious that during the duration of your journey to get to this point did you have somebody who kind of like helped you inspirationally like did you have a role model or was there like a specific memory that you had where someone sat you down and gave you really good advice that like has stuck with you to where you're at now
3: um honestly it's a it's a group of people and a group of events it's it's a very complex. Like it's all the experiences that I've, that I've went through. And uh, even though I'm an introvert, but when I travel, suddenly I become an extrovert. And I just mm. like start to talk to random people. And I have met so many interesting people. Uh, for example, I went to Indonesia. And uh, in Jakarta, I just walked into this cafe that was very, very tiny because it was raining outside. And it turned out that it's one of the specialty coffees over there. It was very interesting. It had a black cat. The owner had a black cat, which was just like, you know, roaming around in the bar, Mm -hmm. like it owns the place. And then (laughs) he had, every cup was different than the other. So it was a collection of cups that he got from everywhere. And then he was just doing drip coffee. And um, we just had a chat and he, he wasn't very, like his English was not very good. Uh But we still did have a chat, and then there was another customer who started translating and then we exchanged ideas and then through him i i i got to meet another uh lady roaster in Indonesia. So he gave me the details, he gave me the the address and I went to her the next day and I got to meet her and we did like coffee cupping and it was just like very nice and then she told me about a farm where she gets her coffee beans from and then I was like, oh, I'm going to Bali next so I'm going to go to that farm which was very close to Bali and then I went to the farm and I told them about this lady that I met and it was very nice, you know, it's like it was just very random. I did not plan for all of that but it was just... I don't know, I love it. It's just very exciting where you just go unprepared, and then you meet all those amazing people who are passionate and they're very helpful and they give you tips about like where to find the best and like go and meet this farmer and go and meet this person and that open another window for me to kind of like be interested in and in coffee roasting, which is something that I'm learning now and I'm planning to learn more about because I would love to start roasting my own coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm planning to um, uh, visit more farms and start meeting a lot right. of uh, farmers and roasters from around the world as well as much as I can um, in order to get, you know, like to learn more about their experience. and.
1: Yeah, what's just, great about the coffee industry as a whole is there's so many facets to it and it's constantly evolving and constantly transforming and the people that you meet, just based off of what that sounded like, it was so spontaneous. And there's a certain wonder lust. There's a certain level of adventure that comes through the coffee world where it's just like, it's eye-opening. It's, it's thought-provoking. And it creates such good stimulating conversations with people who are genuinely also interested in having like very intellectually stimulating conversations. Yeah. And um, yeah, I love that experience that's a beautiful experience it just seems so genuine and so so kind and it seems very i'm glad that it's like it opened a lot of doors with trying to understand coffee roasting as a whole because coffee roasting is a very interesting like little sub-genre of the coffee world after having been a coffee roaster now for over a year there's a there's a a lot of interesting little knickknacks within this world Mm. (laughs)
3: exactly and and also another point about the coffee world which i like is like we we are con- we are very connected we are all one community and uh, you know it's like those days it's it's uh, life is getting harder and harder because of you know social media and the news and like you're exposed to a lot of noise around the world and it right. seems like it's all gloomy mm-hmm. um so some days like personally like i would lose faith in humanity and was like oh my god life is becoming so stressful and it's just like becoming more difficult and then you know financial blah 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 politics. Right. and then but when you interact with the people in the coffee community um go like oh my god they're so nice you know it's like there's there's good in the world and uh <laughs> they're all helping each other and they're all you know, it's like doing good things and wanting to, you know, it's like it's they're very passionate about what they're doing and it's just exciting and they're keeping this world exciting. And it's like, no, people are nice.
1: Yeah, I think that um, there is a cliche in the coffee community that people say it's because of the people, not because of the money. But it, yes. it, it, it rings throughout always. Like as much as like we hate cliches, it's just um, there's something about just the coffee community and the coffee people, and the people involved, whether it's the farmers, the producers, the importers, the baristas, the roasters, everything, every aspect of what involves getting coffee from origin to the consumer. That it's just—it's a conglomerate of so many beautiful kinds of people, and a lot of the time, it's just people who genuinely like are artists, are extremely talented, are extremely intelligent, and it just—it all it mixes really well
3: yeah're they but, uh, very kind about sharing their experiences mm-hmm. and that's what I love as well. Like there is a healthy competition, I would say, and I'm not trying to romanticize the coffee world or anything like right, there, right, right. there is like a bad side everywhere, but the majority of it is very you know it's like they're very helpful and um,
2: and it's a healthy competition, I would say Have you always enjoyed being a barista? Yes. I really, really enjoyed
3: it because as an introvert, it taught me not just to love coffee, but to have interesting conversations and open up to people. So it started Mm. with me forcing myself to interact with customers with a lot of anxiety that I buried inside me and I suppressed, but then it started becoming more of a normal thing and I started enjoying it because I would see regulars. Regulars helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would start asking about you, and then you know, it's like you would look forward to seeing them every day and putting a smile on their face by remembering their name and their order because they would order the same thing every day. And then you know, it starts from there, and I started becoming more assertive with the challenging customers, for example, that I had to face in the, in the cafe. And uh, it just improved me as a person, I think, and uh, it helped me break that a lot of the anxiety, the social anxiety that I have, and the shyness. And just you know, made me a better person, more open to meeting new people and learning about things. And uh, it helped with my uh, journey to independence
4: because mm.
3: it's a tough work. It's not easy to be on your feet right. all day
2: as a barista and trying to keep up with the rush, especially if you're working in a busy place. I guess
1: like if somebody was to come up to you and ask you for advice what would be the best advice you think you could give somebody who would want to kind of like say for example i bet you get this a lot but if people are like are like oh my god your entire store is so inspirational like how you got here i'm so inspired like if i wanted to do the same thing that you're doing like what would you recommend i do
2: um honestly what i always tell people
3: is be true to yourself Try to stay authentic. Don't compare yourself to other people. Try to focus on on your goals. Like, what do you want? If you started looking left and right and and going like, oh my God, there's a lot of competition. There's a new cafe every single day. Uh, I don't know if I will be able to survive then. You will not be able to move forward. But if you focus on enjoying the journey and just like not thinking about the results and just go like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to enjoy it. Like seriously enjoy it. And if someone comes to you and goes, Oh my God, this happened to me. Uh, I think two or three coffee shops opened next to me, right next door. And everybody was like, Oh my God, Sam, there's a new, did you see the new cafe? It's going to be, it's going to ruin it for you. It's like a customer base. I was like, I don't don't care. Like everybody is doing their own thing. I have my clientele. They're going to have their own clientele. And it doesn't matter. Like I still enjoy what I'm doing and I'm not doing it for as we said this is so much of a cliche It is like I'm not doing it for the money just for the money I'm actually enjoying I look forward to waking up and going to my cafe and smelling the coffee and and learning about the new coffees that we're importing and meeting new people and just catching up with my friends so just focus on that be authentic and true to yourself and enjoy what you're doing and eventually you will you will reach you'll have your own story to tell
1: I think that advice can actually apply to everything outside of the coffee world, to be honest.
4: Yeah. Like whatever
1: somebody decides to do with their life, I think that's that's just really good overall advice. I think the thing that stood out to me the most, and I kind of like have been victim to this, is the idea of not comparing yourself to other people's success and measuring your success through other people. Um, yeah. Because it's really easy to kind of forget... like everyone's journeys are different everyone's length of the journeys are different and the idea that society as a whole likes to put a lot of emphasis on age and what what you've accomplished in terms of age and where you kind of land at and it's so intimidating and just makes you motivated to kind of work hard to try especially people who want to change Direction from careers like if someone's leaving like finances or something that is extremely stable to something that is food industry service run like the coffee world it's really hard to find the motivation but I think that it's really good to understand the concept of not comparing yourself to other people and to stay true to yourself and I think um, yeah I think that's pretty solid advice
2: thank you. That's why I also
3: don't tell people what I'm doing until it's done because people create a lot of noise uh, that can make me doubt myself sometimes yeah. yeah, because they look at things from their perspective, but what we forget is that I am the one who is passionate about this project. They don't mm-hmm. have the same passion, uh, so they would look at it from another perspective. It's good to, to have other perspectives as well, but we need to remember that they don't see it the same way that I see it as well. Uh, so their risk assessment is different than mine. Do
2: you feel like it was, sorry, Mm no, go
4: ahead.
3: No, I mean, like, that's it, like, for them, Ah. it doesn't have the same meaning that it has for me, so at the end of the day, the importance level is different.
1: So I think the last thing I really am curious about, in terms of this, is, like, how is it building yourself up as a businesswoman? Like, it seems like understanding coffee, being in, Integrated into the coffee world and, and kind of taking in all of that information has been a positive attribute for you. And you've had a lot of support with that. I guess I'm curious for somebody who kind of did transition through different careers and um, tried to, to find herself again, like what was it like building yourself up and being like, okay, I'm going to open my own business and like all of the steps to becoming a businesswoman and to now like having gone through COVID and having been affected through that as a business, like. How has the journey of being a businesswoman been for you so far?
3: Very difficult. As much as I'm enjoying it, it's very difficult and it continues to be. It's never easy. Um, Because you come, like, you are different as an individual and you have your idea, especially as a creative person. You want to make something that doesn't exist, for example. You want to make something new and people are scared of new things. So... Mm when you want to do it there are lots of um, other things involved like for example approvals and uh, and going through all of that like the paperwork and then people questioning it's like why would you do that uh why wouldn't you just do this because everybody Mm -hmm. does this I was like that's exactly why I don't want to do it because I'm not like everybody else I want to have my own thing so it's very very difficult and exhausting at times to fight back Until you convince people that I want to do something different and I understand that it's difficult, but I am willing to do it. I don't want to do it the easy way because I'm planning, like my goal is different and things that I want to achieve and bring to the table are different. So it's not easy to fight. It's just easier sometimes to give up and go like, okay, you know what, just I'll do whatever everyone else is doing. But that's not what I want. I can't go, I can't sleep at night if I did that. So, um, and there are times where I doubted myself because I had no business background. Uh, none of the my family members own businesses and are familiar with business. So I didn't have anyone to go to when I decided to open a business. I just literally just did it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I had to do a lot of research about, interior design and i didn't have enough money as well so i ended up just like going shopping myself and i didn't like i freaked out i was like oh my god it's gonna look so ugly because in my head it looks nice but i don't have the end results so i got every piece of furniture from somewhere according to my budget and then i ordered some of the stuff from etsy like the lights and, and stuff like that and i was like oh my god Am I going to be able to find someone to install all of these things for me? And is the end result going to look nice or it's going to look chaotic? Right. Uh, and then, you know, I had moments of doubt. I was like, no, I can't do it. So I'm just going to give up. I'm going to, you know, sell the place or like I'm going to sell the furniture and everything else. And, and you know, it's like I'm, I'm blessed to have some friends around and some people who I can go to and, and they convince me to keep going. And uh, sometimes when I face some difficulties, like let's say with, uh, after COVID happened, a lot of the logistics, a lot of the rules and policies around the logistics have changed, which is a mm-hmm. nightmare, honestly. Uh, so the shipping cost is much, much higher with the inflation as well. Uh, the fuel prices, every time the fuel price goes up, the shipment goes in you know higher, and which means that I cannot, uh get some of the like input some of the beans that i used to get so i have to make like last minute changes and try mm. to find new suppliers and everything is just like so expensive so these difficulties sometimes are exhausting and challenging but at the end of the day you have to keep fighting for what you love and try to make it work and submit to certain circumstances until you find a solution around it
4: so it's never easy
2: uh, but if you love what you're doing then uh, I guess there are some good days and there are some bad days
1: yeah I think it goes to show um, if you really love what you do you'll fight for you'll fight for it like at the end of the day it's like it won't seem like work I mean it is work how do I describe that <laughs> it is work but <laughs> it is like work. when it's something you love to do it doesn't you're not viewing it as a load of baggage it's more like okay so these are just steps to getting to the end result I think that um, I love that you mentioned how you sourced some of the items that are in your store Um, because I think that in general like being a small business it's it's sort of like that's not just only one situation that's happened I think over the course of many small businesses they do their best to try and source from what they can with what they got, you know.
2: Yeah. It's it's, it's a fun journey, and it's important to think to to know
3: uh, that nothing is is um, nothing is gonna stay the, the way it is. So there's always room for progress. There's always room for growth, and um, the way I started is completely different. I started four years ago. And we just celebrated our fourth year. Um, so it's like, it's a, it's a completely different place, like in terms of like aesthetics, in terms of like the things that I'm offering, in terms of the people, the customers, uh, everything changes to, to the better.
1: That's great. But, but yeah. it's really interesting so, when you look back every year and see where it started to where it's going.
2: Yeah. And uh, one of the cute things,
3: like a uh, cute story, just this is random, has nothing to do with it. But during, uh, during lockdown, um, the regular customers were missing the place so much, which I was telling other people as well, that it, it's uh, to the one and back is a blessing and a curse at the same time, because a lot of the cafes and restaurants were able to depend on delivery during lockdown. Mm. But for me, people loved coming to the space and enjoying the aesthetics of the place and the music and the the whole vibe. So they wouldn't order, so delivery didn't work for me because first of all, I'm not gonna deliver coffee.
1: Um, (laughs) Don't ask me to do it.
3: Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Like you need to enjoy it fresh. And uh, it just didn't make sense to, to a lot of people to order because they wanna come to the space and enjoy. So that was a curse for me during lockdown. But anyways, we survived that. But one of the things that one of the customers did is I don't know if the U.S. was the same thing, but Animal Crossing, I think it's called, it became yeah. very popular.
4: Yeah,
3: and I didn't play that game, mm-hmm. but this this uh, she's a friend of mine. So she what she did is she created to the moon and back uh. in Animal Crossing and she put a sign says to them on the mother back it was the cutest thing ever That's and then she so sent cute. it to me yeah she sent it to me and I was so I took it and then I printed the picture and I framed it with the date because it has the the tiny date of the lockdown and now I have it at TTMV
4: like I just oh my god I go. love that That's <laughs> so cute it's so cute
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
4: So when you that's see people
3: how, relating to the space to that degree, it's just like for me, that that that's enough. It
1: makes me happy. I was gonna say, uh, that just goes to show what what you've made matters. You know, like for people to try and obviously replicate it in a way so that's not forgotten that it doesn't get abandoned. And I love that you framed it. <laughs> so cute. Yeah.
3: And that's like, that's one of the things when I, when you asked me if there was a person who gave me an advice or like supported me during tough times, when I I answered that it's complex. So this is one of the things that kept me going, you know, the little gestures Mm -hmm. that reminded me how much people relate to the space. And it's not just important to me that people can relate to it in a very positive and very beautiful way as well. So all of that kept me going and, uh, you know, uh, fighting
1: i love that i love that story that's cute mm-hmm. i would love to see the space one day just to like sit and like listen to you tell me the stories of everything that's in there that's amazing
3: yeah i'd love for you to come and visit
1: one day i would love to mm-hmm. i have family in abu dhabi so it's like it's not like i couldn't go it's like getting there you know?
3: yeah that's perfect then maybe you can come for the next uh, world of coffee event in That'd dubai be-
1: That'd be so much fun. I would really wonder mm-hmm. what that would be like,
3: because I haven't That's had very interesting.
1: I haven't had a, that much exposure to the coffee community as much as I'd like to, because you know, um, everything is so like I'm. I'm located in the Midwest of the United States, so I'm located in a, in a state called Ohio, and like everything oh, is usually everything's usually on the East Coast or on the West Coast. Yeah. And, <laughs> kind of like awkwardly <laughs> placed in places that's not convenient to travel to either or yeah yeah so yeah
3: i think where is now is becoming a very popular uh is it oregon
2: For yeah coffee well, or it's west on coast? the west coast mm-hmm. yeah and san fran yeah yeah so i met a woman in the coffee industry as well uh from barista magazine
3: uh who did an interview with me and then she she came to visit during the Co- World of Coffee event in Dubai and uh she came to T T M B and uh she was telling me about the barista and uh, not the, the the Roaster Guild that happens in San Fran uh every year where all roasters come together and kind of like exchange information mm-hmm. uh, which was something that I'm interested in attending one day i think it happens every year in August
1: yeah so i actually went to the one last year but it wasn't mm-hmm. in California. It was in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And that was a really, really amazing experience to be able to meet so many different types of people there. And yeah, it is a roasters retreat. So you get to like play around with different um, roasters as a whole. Some of them are like just like state of the art. They just came out. But uh, yeah, no, it was a really interesting experience. I've met all of my like really good contacts from that experience. Um. And there, it, it was. it's really interesting when we all sit and talk and debate about it as a, because it's not just roasters that attend. A lot of people are uh, either representatives of their coffee brand or their importers or their Q graders. So it's like a it's very diverse group.
2: Mm. Yeah, I would love to attend that uh, one day, maybe this year or next year. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Well, I appreciate you talking to me you for inviting me <laughs> yeah um i will not hold you any longer i know that it's late over there so i appreciate you talking to me and hopefully one day down the road our paths will cross and i get an opportunity to go to your coffee shop and to the moon and back and get to sit and talk and have coffee with you
3: yeah and if i happen to find myself in ohio
1: well, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't. I really hope you don't. <laughs> well, you have a great rest of your night, and um, I will be in touch. Thank you so much, Elena. It was fun talking to you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
2: Bye.